One second. Good evening, one and all. Welcome <laughs> along. It is season four, episode 34 of the UK Dallas Cowboys podcast. And we are delighted to bring you our very special guest tonight. You know her, you love her. It is Miss Lauren Oliver. How are things, Lauren? Hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you all, all three of you and the whole crew for having me. Things are doing good. It's um, a warm day here in Dallas, Texas, coming to you guys from Dallas. So excited to be here and joining you guys. Absolutely. So so for any of you who are unaware, Lauren, why do we know you so well? Sure. Um, so I was a cheerleader for the Dallas Cowboys for four seasons. Um, and then I was an all-star cheerleader. And during my tenure, I um, was really blessed. I got an opportunity to be on show group, which is the um, dancing, or we do a lot of our just shows that happen, um, like the external shows outside of games. And then I also was a group leader. And I think that's about it. You know me from DCC. <laughs> so there we go. And like, Jamie, I'm going to throw this over to you because I know you've been working your butt off for the last couple of years to get this lined up. And, you know, we finally managed to get Lauren onto the show. So, you know, it's a proud moment for you. So I think it's a proud moment for the fan group. I think we discussed off air, we've said numerous times, we've had pretty much anybody who's anybody from the Cowboys organization, apart from the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, I think. We all need a good slap around the head for this taking this long to get somebody on. And thanks to Lauren for obviously sharing some time because I know the time difference is really a big thing between us and Texas in it. So thank you for this in the middle of your day. I kind of heard, you know, he was cutting in and out for me, but I think he was just saying, you know, it took forever, but now we're here. We're ready to go, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it, no. it's just nice. I mean, obviously, you know, when when one of us co tries to contact cheerleaders, it could be, it, you know, it, it can be misconstrued or whatever. So, you know, right. thank you, thank you for thank you for trusting us. We'll try and repay you with that, um, and 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 keep it on the level. Well, I saw someone comment too about like my Christmas tree and whatnot. Um, I was gonna say, you know, I'm here from I'm at work actually. I I work at a boutique and. Um, it's a fun little boutique and we do all of our live videos here. So yes, I'm showing off, but this is uh, our set, which is funny set that we have here. But um, you know, one of those things that joining you guys, y'all have always been so kind to me. You've always been so um, generous and anytime on social media, if we post a picture, or do anything, you always are so clap. The group of y'all are always so classy and supportive of the organization. So, um, you know, it's, you're right. It's, it can be kind of tricky. Like who do you kind of say yes to or not? Um, but I, I think being able to take the opportunity with you guys to just share my experiences and um, what I love to do is just maybe share some experiences that aren't always known. Um, people always think about DCC, they think the uniform, they think football games, but there's way, way, way more to the organization that a lot of people um, just don't know about. So anytime I'm able to share all of the community service, all of the positivity that goes into the organization that, um, you know, Kelly and Judy have put together for all of the girls, as well as like getting the support from the true football club on everything we do. You know, anytime I get an opportunity to do that, I, I kind of, I kind of don't hesitate just cause it's, it's just such a good thing to share. Cause so many people just don't know. 
Yeah. Um, I suppose, look, Miss and Lauren were talking yesterday afternoon kind of about the show. So, I mean, Lauren, your connections with the Dallas Cowboys goes way back. It goes back to the very foundations of of the Dallas Cowboys itself. And obviously then you grew up in Austin. So if you want to give us a little bit, bit of background about yourself. Sure. sure. So I was sharing with Brian yesterday. Um, my dad was, my grandfather was actually an original season ticket holder for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so that was one of, with the TV show, I'm sure you guys see that, um, that there, you always give kind of a blurb like, hi, my name's Lauren. I'm from Austin. And then I, every single time, wanted to always share like one little fun fact, like a trivia fact about myself. So I shared that kind of from the, on my very first time auditioning, the very first round, I said, hi, my name's Lauren. I think I was 26 at the time. I'm 26 years old from Austin, Texas. And a fun fact about me is my grandfather is an original ticket holder for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so I actually grew up in Austin, Texas. I went to UT and I know a lot of you guys are big Longhorn fans. Um, so for me, it was an easy transition to Dallas. You know, uh, the Cowboys aren't, I was telling Brian this yesterday, the Cowboys aren't a huge, they have a great following in Austin, but they're, at the time when I lived there, there was no professional team. Now they have the soccer team, but there was no professional team. So UT and the Longhorns, though, that's the pinnacle of sports for Austin, Texas, or at least when I was there. So being able to get into the University of Texas is tough, but so... It was one of those things where I applied thinking like, I don't know if I'll get in. But when I did, it was like, all right, well, that's where I'm going because it's it's I don't know if you guys know in the UK, it's um, it's like top. I know I think three percent get automatically accepted into it. You have to be top three percent of your graduating class um, in, in your grades. I don't know if that kind of translates for you guys, but yeah. it's really, really hard to get yep. to. And so um for me, when I got in, it was like, well, that's where I'm going. And then I auditioned. I'd been been a dancer my whole life. And so auditioned for the Palm Squad, got to be on the Palm Squad for four years. And then um, my life after UT, I went to New York and I assisted on Broadway um, with a Broadway director and choreographer for a year. And I loved New York, have always loved New York, but I did not like the cold. I did not like the snow. I missed my car. I missed the fact that I had to walk down three flights of stairs with my laundry all the way down the street to do my, I missed having my own laundry in my own apartment. So um, in Texas, obviously we get a lot more luxuries of that due to space. Um, and just economically, it's a lot more affordable in Texas. So after New York, I transitioned to Dallas and um, I went to the Christmas before my, um, or maybe it was Thanksgiving. It was one of the holidays before my um the year i auditioned i went to a cowboys game it was my very first cowboys game and uh there was a girl in my dance studio who was on the team she was a cheerleader and so all game we were up high i think we were in like the 400s level and so my dad had brought binoculars which he always does for sporting events um and i had them the whole time i was watching the girls the whole time and i was like i can do that you know i was watching their dances and i was like okay i can do that one okay, I can do that one, you know, and it's just one of those things, because obviously, there's way more that goes into the audition. But dance wise, I wanted to make sure like, can I tangibly make a team dance wise? Like, do I have the talent, the technique for what they're doing on the field, you know, and I didn't know at the time, really, how much talent and how much technique is actually included in the organization. Um, so then I did my due diligence, I watched 
every episode of making the team at that time I was going to be season five. So season one through four, I watched every single episode. I took notes. Kelly said she didn't like it when um, people had props in their hands during their solos. You better believe I was like, no props, not doing that. Like anytime they said something they didn't like, I was like, right, well, don't do that. Do this. Don't do that. Do this. Um, and I just, I really tried to do my homework um, for the organization and then just be as prepared I, as I could and um, hope for the best. You know, they, they, they aren't they aren't always looking for you know a tall blonde they always and they say it in the show all the time they're looking for a bouquet of women they want people with multi they're multi-talented they can bring a variety of um just everything education ethnicity um talent dance wise be able to speak in front of a camera um and that's what is so i think unique about the organization is people just assume i just i think they assume that it's about looks and it is i mean you need to be able to look attractive in the uniform but there's so much more to the team and it's a team dynamic um which is so wonderful and that's why we're all even to this day a lot of us are all so close still is um you take the time to get to know your teammates and everyone brings something to the table it's a true team dynamic we do it together we're in it together we all represent not only the cheerleaders but the dallas cowboys so it's important for Kelly and Judy, when they're um, in those selection processes, to pick people that they know can put the put their best foot forward for the um, you know for the football club. I mean, we we're small. Don't you know? Of course, we're not as big a deal as of course any of the players or the coaches. But you know, one girl does one thing wrong, it can make a big impact. So um, it just was always important. Now, um, I mean, that's those are part of the reasons why I loved. The organization and was grateful you know that they they wanted me to be a part of it brilliant Go yeah on. i mean i have to say i mean obviously i watched the show as well when it's on here we're we're quite a few years behind i think the last series i watched was about season 13. um the the one that gets me is obviously the dancing is obviously hard enough to begin with, but you're also you know you have to go through the sort of intelligence test, the history of the Cowboys, the history of the league, and you you know that that must be you know you can be on point with your dancing and everything like that, but you know just you can slip up with the, the yeah the, I the knowledge as well so. For sure. It's just, I mean, I think this is kind of obvious. It's the same situation if you were to interview for any job, you know, you're not going to show up to, I mean, I don't know, the work, work that we do here at our store, you're not going to show up and be like, oh, I didn't know you sold clothes. Like, oh, I didn't know, you know, so it's just um, what is so great about it is that, that like you're saying, just being educated on the organization. If you're going to cheer for the Cowboys, then you need to know who you're cheering for. You know, who are you rooting for? Um, what is the organization about? Um, and then also just in general, it's just doing your due diligence and your homework to know like, would I even want to like learning about the Like you said, the history of the organization, Do, is it something that I want to be a part of? Um, 
And that's something that I definitely did. It's just, especially with the cheerleaders, that so much has gone into the cheerleaders um, in keeping their reputation. They are the top, not, I mean, I'm biased, of course, but like, you know, they're the ones that are being selected for a bunch of TV shows. They're always used in media. Um, and there's a reason for that because Kelly and Judy have done such an incredible job making sure that the organization stays at its peak um, and is always ready. You can always... I think what's so great is kind of any um, any brand can book the cheerleaders knowing they're going to get a group of girls that are classy, they are well-mannered, they can speak on camera, they are going to be on time, they are going to be reliable, and they are going to truly shine during whatever they need for that media moment. Brilliant. So, Jamie, go on. No, I was just going to say, um, obviously, with, with the show, audition process looks absolutely horrific in terms of how long it goes off and then to add on there you've got the, the making the team um crew there filming you're going through all the process do you do you feel added pressure knowing that it's going to go out on top of american national tv while you're trying to, to obviously check the step on and change the cowboy shaley it's obviously something you've been for a long time and is it, does it feel like putting or you just kind of just roll with it and it's, it's just one of those things? Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, Jamie, I can't totally understand what you're saying. <laughs> Did you say that I feel, do I feel pressure while the TV show is filming and yeah. while dancing at the same, like yeah. trying to do both? Is it hard to yeah. manage both? Um, I think yes and no. Um, you know, your first, yes and no. Um, by the time you're in it, your third, you know, your your veteran years, you're used to it. And the other thing is for me, in my experience, the staff of um, the filming staff was always very kind and considerate to me. I, um, I, I thankfully had a great, like my time on the TV show was always positive. So um, for me, they, they all, and they always genuinely cared about people. It was, you know, if a girl was going through a tough time, the staff um, that were the filming staff was always very kind. And like, if someone was cut, they were crying too. That was something that was never shown on camera is yes, the girl is crying, but the production crew who've been there since day one, who've been rooting for each and every one of us to make this team, they're crying too. They cry as well. Um, and so it's interesting that yes, yes, there is that extra element, of course, because, you know, TV cameras are on you. So you're having to think more. But I think for me, I just got very, I'm a very like zoned in person, like, the two people I need to impress are Kelly and Judy. And so to me, it's like, I need to be a good teammate. I need to know my, know my material. Cause during training camp, it's, it's a lot about just knowing all those stances, um, know my material, be a good teammate and just produce, show up every day prepared. And like, I think maybe the people who might've struggled were those that either couldn't, couldn't, didn't have an opportunity to prepare enough. Um, or, or I don't, I don't know. But for me, it was just, if you could come prepared, you mm. could, you could, you could do it. You just keep going, stay positive. Um, but yes and no, yes, it was a little bit overwhelming, but thankfully because of the production crew themselves being so kind and considerate, they felt like they, like they were your fans. They were cheering you on during this whole process. And that's something that like, of course, no one on TV gets to see is this, it's like, 
here's the dance studio that y'all see. And like over here, like a fourth of the studio is this massive group of production people that are truly just wanting you to see. They want you to be, um, they want us all to make it, you know? So. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I suppose like late, later on in your career with the Cowboys, Lauren, obviously you became a team leader. So, you know, how did that change things for you? Do you know, was, was it any, any more responsibility or was it just trying to make sure that your team was, as you say, being professional on time, doing everything and, and carrying on the, the values of the, the DCC? I think for, um, well, I, I've always been kind of a leader in our organization. And so, or in every organization I've always been a part of, I just naturally tend to, I would say I like to um, be a problem solver. I like to be a fixer. I like to help others. And so um, with the opportunity, I was very thankful that they um, trusted me to be a group leader. Um, and when I did become a group leader, um, you know, in my group, y'all may not know this, but I was in three rookies in my group. And so for me, my main goal was that all three of my rookies were going to make the team. They were going to make the team. And so and yeah. none of my veterans were going to get cut. And so it almost became like, you know, a challenge, like, like I was cha like challenging myself every day to make sure that my group, you know, principal groups that I can help be the best ones. And so every day um, I wanted to make sure, is everyone having fun? Is that enjoying this are we all prepared who's not prepared how can i help and then on top of it um another thing that y'all don't ever really see is when i was on the team we would break into our groups to do like little mini rehearsals so you'll see um like a in the tv show you would see a full rehearsal happen and then kelly and judy would need like maybe an hour to deliberate like their decision or they want to talk about the night um and so during that hour we would take the break and we would divide into our groups. And so the group leaders then would take the time to um, work with their group, polish their group, make sure everyone was doing well in their dancing. And so um, I would just make sure to do that. We would polish our groups. And then I would point out like um, Jenna was in my group when I was a group leader and she always has such great sassy style. And so I would be like, all right, guys, pause. We're going to do this one move like Jenna. So we all look, we all look cohesive. We all look the same, but now we have that like extra flair that she has. Um, and Olivia was in my group and she is like technician perfection. And so it was another, th another person that I would turn to, to say, right, we want to look like Olivia. And so it would, I would always try every day to find like, even if it was a rookie, like find a moment in each dance that one person in our group maybe shined. Okay, so now let's all do it like her. Because then if you think it through, if, if there were 10 of us in the groups and we've now established 10 different moments in the dance where we all are looking like our best version, then to me, our group's gonna look the best. So it was really fun. Um, I, I don't ever think of it as a challenge when I was a group leader, but instead a really great opportunity to make others shine. Um, and that's what I was thankful for. Thankful to Kelly and Judy that they kind of let me um, take the reins for my little group. Brilliant. Go on, Lark. Well, I was, I was going to ask, obviously, you know, there's, you have to listen out for the different bits of music when you're standing on the sideline and know within two or three two or three notes what the song is and what what routine you do with that is that the case or do you have a little yeah. bit of a script or 
Um, when I was on the team, we didn't have a script. Um, we had like, I think I'm going to butcher it, but I want to say we had like at least 20 different tags is what we called them. Um, they were short dances, either four, eight counts or four to 12, eight counts of dances. And, um, you know, when you become a group leader, you've won, you've typically, it's about your fourth year on the team is kind of, you know, sometimes there's third years, but mainly it's like fourth or fifth years on the team. So you, you kind of learn what tag goes well with what song and, you know, yeah, the, the, um, the DJ will introduce new songs each year, but then he also will repeat older songs that are just like, that have a good beat. They get the crowd engaged. And so, you know, once you kind of, you kind of just learn as you go and it becomes very organic and very natural to do. So um, also being that, like I said, I've been dancing forever. So it's very, it's a very easy thing for when you've been dancing. I've been dancing since I was two. My mom was a dancer. So for me, it was very easy to do that whole pickup thing um, because it just, it just comes natural. Once you're a dancer, I don't, I don't know. I don't know really if I'm making sense, but um, it wasn't hard. It's very easy. It's very organic. And, um, and I think, like I said, having the tenure of being on it for three years prior, you learn, okay, it, it's less about when you're doing it for me, it's less about the actual song. It's more about the beat. It's more like, is this a slow beat song? Okay. If it's slow, then we need to do this one instead. If it's fast, then we need to do this one because the movements are fast. So it, it more was that than it was about the actual song. It's more like, is it slow? Is it fast? And then which, which one, which dance kind of goes better with those rhythms? I love these questions. I didn't expect that one. <laughs> Very well, good. We'll, we'll, we'll go with some of the questions from the comments. Yeah. So um, here's one from our friend Paul, who's actually out this, uh, out at the moment. So he's asking, what's it like after cheering for the Cowboys? Um, are you still closely connected with the girls in your year and, or, you know, is it, is, is it like a, a sorority that, you know, you, you all keep in touch? Totally. You know, totally. Um, you know, everyone's experience is different. I am very fortunate that during my years, um, we do keep in touch. I keep in touch. There's a group when I was a rookie. Um, I don't know if y'all remember like, um, Brooke Sorensen, Michelle, um, Jordan Chanley, Cassie, they all, Tia, there's so many of them. They get together pretty every kind of couple of months or not like twice or so a year. And they do include like me, myself or myself, Mia, um, sometimes Jackie in that group. So we'll go see them sometimes. I've got a group that includes like Holly, Ronnie, Kelsey, Katie. Um, there's just a huge variety of of girls that have been in my years that we're all Nicole, we're all in a group text. Um, and so we're in a group text. So we text each other probably like, I would say every couple of days, the text gets kind of active about something. Um, but the fun thing, and y'all will all need to tune in. They are doing an alumni halftime, I believe this Sunday, it might be this game that's coming up. Um, I'm unfortunately not able to participate, but they all, they've been practicing a ton of them been getting together and practicing. They're all doing it. They're so excited. So um, there are a lot of great 
opportunities for alumni to stay connected. Um, we have a lady named Brooke who runs our alumni organization and she is coming up with creative ideas. There was a luncheon, there was a happy hour. So she comes up with creative ideas for the group as a whole to get together just all the decades. So it totally is kind of a story. In fact, for me, it's I'm closer to my former cheerleaders than I, I was in a sorority than I am to my sororities. So um, it's it's one of those things that like y'all know from the show, once you've like kind of gone through the rough, through the trenches together, you truly do kind of, you lean into each other um, in life. Like we all support each other in like what we do now in our different jobs. If, if someone, um, you know, wants some shout outs on Instagram, then like everyone will go blow up their posts. You know, it's like, we're all definitely, still connected, still supportive. Um, and that, and, and it helps I'm in Dallas too. So it helps to keep that all together, but it's, it's exactly what Kelly says. People were in your wedding. I mean, she wasn't like making that up or over dramatizing it. It is, it is truly a sisterhood. Um, and I think because the organization stays, like I said, so top notch, it's constantly, um, being fulfilled with great women with great standards, great moral compass. Um, they're gorgeous. They're kind, they're sweet, they're outgoing. They're like every, it's like, I can now become friends with maybe someone who retires right now because we all kind of have those same similarities. We all, um, we all just are positive people who work hard and do good in life. I don't know. <laughs> um, kind, kind of speaking about, about doing good in life, Lauren, and this was something we were talking about yesterday. There's a lot of stuff that you've done as part of the DCC that nobody has ever seen. And I know you wanted to bring that up. So, you know, if you wanted to talk a little bit about sure. that. Sure, I wanted to make sure that people know, I don't know if you guys know, but we, when I was on the team, um, we did a bunch of USO tours. And so being a part of the team, there is the games, there is the practice, but majority of what we do is, or not majority, but a good, good chunk of what we do is community service, giving back to the community um, and especially giving back to our military. And so um, we have this thing and y'all may know this, we go on USO tours, uh, 12 girls when I was there got to go. It, we auditioned for it. It's a big deal for us um, to make the group that gets to go. It's a huge honor. Um, and when I was there, we would spend like 10 to 12 days overseas um, in Korea. I was in um, Bahrain, Kuwait um, with our soldiers on their bases. Um, I got to go to the, I was telling Brian, I got to go to the DMZ. I actually met some of you guys as soldiers. Um, I had lunch with some Kiwi soldiers. So um, it's, it's a true, um, the organization is way bigger than just games and, um, just games really. There's every day there were, when I was on the team every week, there would be a philanthropic opportunity, whether that's to go help out at, um, at Salvation Army, whether that was to go to a nursing home to, um, participate in maybe some kind of games that they were doing. Um, but there's so much more that no one really sees, and that's fine. I, you know, it's not meant to get notoriety on that. It's, yeah. it's just, I just want to make sure that people know that the organization is way bigger than just dancing. It, it is, it encompasses your day-to-day -day life. Um, and I'm telling Brian, it's probably 
those four years are the most volunteer years of my entire life I've ever done. I don't think I've ever volunteered as much as when I was a part of that organization. It felt natural. You wanted to, you want like, now it's like I have kids and I have the store and I'm like, I don't know when I would do that. And now I look back then, I'm like, I don't know when I did that then. I don't know how, I don't know how that happened, but um, it's, it's a huge priority to the Dallas Cowboys football club um, that we are involved in the community. It's a huge priority to give back. And that goes down to the cheerleaders tenfold. The cheerleaders do a ton, a ton of that. And, and I just wanted to make sure that a lot of your fans knew um, and recognize that it, it's a much, the organization is so much bigger than just football games. Yeah. Yeah. I'd actually have, I'd actually have to say across here that you're probably more mainstream than the team in some <laughs> respects because because of making the because making the team is on a one of the regular daytime ch channels across okay. here there are actually a lot of people who know more about the DCC than they do about the really? the the cowboys and i mean it, it's funny the the two things that sort of advertised Dallas was obviously in the 80s you had the opening credits to Dallas itself and you had the flyover of Texas stadium the number of the number of cowboys or people that I talked to who became cowboys fans because of that opening really? sequence of, of Dallas, um, and then obviously you've got uh, DCC now making the team, you know, and I can I can talk to people who aren't American football fans, but you know they know the DCC. There's obviously when the DCC were across in 2014 for the for the London game as well, you know. You got involved on a lot of TV, the air as well. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd actually say you've probably got a bigger following across here than you do, than the team does in some respects. Oh, well, that it's it's cool to hear. Um, obviously, the team is way bigger and way more important than us. Without them, there is no us. But um, that's cool to hear. Cool to hear that uh, the cheerleaders have a good following there. Um, so I, I, I saw one of the comments there that Lauren pulled up, Lauren. So it was, um, you know, when you were on the team, you obviously had to go through auditions every summer. Like you weren't you weren't just going from season to season and being kept on. Obviously, you had to re-audition for your part each year, was it? Yes. So um, when you become a veteran, you get to skip the first two rounds. And it, it may be a little different now. I know with COVID, there's some changes that have happened in the audition process. Um, but when I was there, the first two rounds, it's like the opening round and then semifinals. And then in finals is when veterans come in. And finals is when they perform the little eight, eight, eight count, or maybe it's more than that, dance, and then you perform a solo. And so every year you have to make, I, I absolutely, I mean, I'm fine at it, but I hated, if I could do it, if I was like, if I don't have to do a solo, I'll re-audition every single year of my life. I just hate doing solos, but whatever, I did it anyway. You, you suck it yeah. up and do a solo. Um, but so you you do have to re-audition every year. And, and there's so much value and importance in that because it keeps everyone from being complacent. It keeps the veterans from, you know, if you aren't auditioning, um, then one like you could you could just you're not at, at the same caliber you don't you're not pushing yourself constantly mm -hmm. to improve and even just in my four years that i was there the talent level of dance 
from my rookie year to my fourth year was not like by the time I was a fourth year, I was like, oh, if I was auditioning now, I'm not sure. And like same now, if I was auditioning now, I'm like, oh, my dance technique, I would be back row. Like, yeah, those girls are just so good and so talented. So by insisting that the veterans re-audition every year, that just kind of pushes us to to keep getting better, to keep making sure that like we're still on top of our game. Um, we're not slipping through the cracks, um, but it, it was, you know, of course, nobody wants to have to re-audition all the time, but I totally understand why they did it, and um, yeah. it wasn't too bad. Good, good. Was there any other questions came in, Lauren, or? Um, well, we've got one, we've got one from Mike, which uh, we, we can let <laughs> Mike's an Aggie's fan. No, Mike's an Aggie. University of Texas. I'm a long <laughs> So I do follow the Longhorns as well. So hook them horns, everyone. <laughs> yeah. And there's one here from Joe. Now, obviously, we've been talking off, off air that you're not, you don't follow the team as much nowadays, but do you have a favorite player all time or? Yeah, um, um, I, I have a favorite player. Roger Staubach is my favorite. Um, one of my coworkers here worked with uh, or lived with, him or his wife in Germany. They were on the same base. Am I making sense? Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. and so uh, she would babysit for, um, oh, can I introduce someone real quick? Steve, come here. This is, so, oh, you can put the boxes down. Here, I'm on a podcast right now Steve, with, and come down so they can see your hat. This is Steve, <laughs> he's with FedEx. He's our FedEx <laughs> delivery guy. He, I think my, these are, um, these guys are all from the UK. They're the UK Cowboys football fans. We're on a podcast oh, right, right now. All right. Anyway, so Steve delivers our, our boxes and everything. And anyway, he's a huge Cowboys fan too. So yeah, you made the podcast. He didn't right. even know. He didn't oh, even know. Yeah. <laughs> but how okay, He's wearing the Cowboys. Yeah, Thank you. Go Cowboys, right? Right. Yes, right. Um, he, he loves, he's so sweet. And when he found out I was a cheerleader, like what 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 <laughs> he was so um, what was i talking about right before roger staubach roger staubach anyway so a co-worker here and his wife are good friends and so i've been able to meet him a couple of times and so he's just i mean y'all know this such a class act um true representative of dallas cowboys true representative of america's team i mean 10 out of 10 y'all know that so i would say he's my <laughs> very good yeah, I, I was very lucky. I was a four, I was four years old, and I got to see his last ever um, his last ever regular season game against the Redskins in nineteen seventy nine. So wow. I've been a fan since then. So. You're showing your age, Lauren. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that is true. So, Lauren, there's one question we kind of always ask everyone, and we've we, we've had a range of answers on this. So. I was saying this to you yesterday. We had Will McClay, the the de facto general manager, on during the draft last year. So, what's one thing about Lauren Oliver that none of us know or none of us have seen before? And to give you an example, Will said to us that he was in a rap video when he was doing when he was uh, playing in the NFL Europe back in the days. Oh wow! Okay, um, I my one fact that none of y'all know about me is I am actually really good at basketball. And I um, was the MVP of a couple of leagues when I was little. 
and um, I haven't played in a long time, but give me a few minutes and I can, I would say my best quality is I can point shot pretty um, consistently. So um, that's my, my hidden talent is that if y'all ever, if we ever have to compete in a basketball game, y'all should always pick me. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so have we anything else for Lauren or do we want to let Lauren get on with her day? If, if we've got time, Lauren, and my internet works, I've got two. I'm going to be greedy. Um, just in terms of, so what we see on obviously on the show is pretty much the, the girls practicing, getting ready for the finals and things. But can you just kind of give an insight of what a DCC schedule looks like, kind of in the build up? Because it's not just um, training camp and the season. You, you the ladies have jobs as well. Sure. So, now, you'll have to keep in mind, I don't know what all has changed since I left, but when I was there, um, my schedule was Monday through Friday. I was working um, at retail. I was working at Ralph Lauren at the time. Um, so I was at my job Monday through Friday, and then I would leave at about 5 o'clock, head to either the stadium or our practice facilities. And then we would, um, I, honestly, I would do kind of like pre-practice before practice. You'd make sure to get a snack, make sure your hair, because you have to be hair and makeup ready, hair and makeup is ready. Um, and then I'd go over, all of us would kind of go over, okay, what are we going to be doing in practice? Like, let's turn it on real quick. Like, let's walk through it. Like, do I remember that? Are we good to go? Yeah, great. And then run practice typically about two hours and then head home. Um, and then also throughout that week, I would typically do about one or two. by the time I was um, a fourth year, I would do probably one to two appearances a week. So that would be um, during the day, you know, maybe I would uh, have an appearance at an Albertsons. And so like 9am, I'm waking up, I'm not going to work that day, I'm going to head over to Albertsons, do an appearance, um, and then head home, get ready for practice and go there. And then um, our weekends, we actually didn't, we we and y'all probably know this or see this. Um, there's a whole not a whole lot of flexibility if you're on show group or when I was there for weekends. So for weekends we would be doing shows, um, and that would be in like big, um, like Arbon would hire us to do like a big dance performance, and so we would have needed to stay late after practice to go over. Okay, what are we doing for Arbon? We need to you know dance and and practice that, and then okay, the show's in San Antonio. Okay, so we're leaving Friday, show's on Saturday. We're driving back late that night or we're driving back the next day. So um, the games actually, and I was telling Brian this, the games actually took up probably the least amount of our time um, just because, you know, there's not, it's not like there's, it's in baseball where there's hundreds of games a season. Um, and so, and we're only performing at home games. So it's, there's a it's a lot more time consuming um once you get into it but also you do have the ability to um like if you join show group it's way more time consuming than if you're just a team member so you you can kind of decide like you know what maybe i'm not gonna do that because my work's a little heavy like my workload's a little heavy so i'm not gonna have that flexibility to travel as much or many of our girls were moms even so, you know, unfortunately, I don't want to like Sasha was a mom when she was on um, the team with me and she totally, totally could have been on show group. But for her, it's like she can't sacrifice. She's already sacrificing everything away from her yep. child 
And so for her, it's like, I can't do the emotional sacrifice, um, but she, I mean, she is a shoe in for show group. She's so talented. Yeah, it seems like say, it's, it's more than a full-time job in there, but you say, you've, you've got all this extra that you, you don't do, so fair play to I think this will ask for, I know Brian Paul went up, but um, what was harder to learn, the the entrance of for the game, so you have to get the timing right, don't you, so you get on the hash line or the kick line. For me, it wasn't, like I said, because I... Um... I grew up dancing my whole life. And so, and I grew up also, like I shared, I was on Broadway. So um, hitting your mark on a stage is really important. Same kind of concept of hitting your mark on the field uh, to hit it at a certain time. Um, also in Texas, um, you know, we've been dancing on a football, dancing on a football field since I was what, 13 years old. And so, you know, hitting, getting across the field, hitting those marks, that's kind of something I've been doing for over a decade at the time. Um, and so for me, it was not hard just because I was a dancer. Um, I know people who maybe join more having a cheerleading background or maybe they um, don't have a super strong dance background. It was a little difficult to get that concept down. Um, I will say the difference for me was um, in general, this is maybe something that a lot of you guys might, may not recognize. DCC kind of has its own style. You can't really learn it um it's not ballet it's not tap it's not jazz it's not hip-hop it's its own thing and so that i would say for me being a dancer growing up dancing my whole life that was the thing that was kind of tricky to learn at first like hair whips hair flips like that's not done anyway i don't know anyone else who does that you go on broadway stage and flip your hair they're gonna be like what are you doing like you know your wig just fell off because you're wearing you know you'll wear like, costumes and whatnot um, so that was something for me that was hard and that like, I never understood. And people would always ask like, how can you prepare best? And I'm like, you got to learn it all. You got to do it all. Or they do offer technique classes. And then Jennifer Amburn also offers dance class, like actual DCC style classes. So yeah. like that. I'd be investing my time is is get in Jennifer's classes. Um, if you can't get in them physically, she does a lot of online classes as well. Um, but it's just it's its own dynamic. There's no, it's like a professional style. I don't like a sport, a professional sports team dancing style. Mm -hmm. It's like it's like nothing there to like nobody's teaching that in a studio. I'm not learning. I was a dance major in college. Like that wasn't in anything that we were doing. It's not in Broadway. It's its own thing. So for me, like that's actually the, the difficult thing is I did not, nobody grows up training on how to be that type of dancer. You just kind of have to get it organically, figure it out. Um, but that kind of answered the, it was not the, Football lines and getting your mark was not hard for me, but just figuring out the dance technique in mm. itself is just, it's just different. Yeah. And, and the last question, it comes from the big Lebarski. He says, do you have a camaraderie with the players or is it more separate teams operating at the same time? And also what's your favorite community service project that you participated in? Um, I'll answer, obviously going to answer both, but I want to talk real quick um, about the community service. My favorite project that we ever did um, was with Neil McCoy. He has um, this angel network, East 
social network. It is, um, he's from East Texas, which is, he's in from a small town in East Texas, a area of Texas. Um, and East Texas Angel Network um, works to help um, children who are maybe handicapped or disabled or have learning disabilities. Um, and he helps them and their families with like the financial burden of all of that that comes into play. Um, and so he puts on a big concert every year and then he does like a golf tournament and every year DCC goes and performs. And then there's a big auction every year we go. Um, he like I I didn't obviously Neil McCoy is a pretty famous or very famous country music artist, um, but I had yep. never really like listen to his music prior but he is a human being he's incredible at what he gives back to the community his service and he also did a bunch of uso tours with the cheerleaders um before my years and maybe even after um or during i think I actually did one tour it was with um some of the all-star cheerleaders but that's one of my favorites um just knowing that it's here in texas um and just to be able to see you get to see the impact that he's making a bunch kids that he helps come to the event. Um, you get to meet them, um, you get to see everything that their organization is doing. So it's, it was always year after year. It's a volunteer appearance. You volunteer your whole weekend to spend time with them, you know, no paying, no nothing. Um, and, and that you're, you're getting paid your heart. It's like, it's such a good, you, you walk away feeling changed, feeling blessed, um, feeling grateful that you can be a part of something that is truly making a change in many people's lives. Um, and then the other question was, do we have camaraderie with the players? Um, when I was there, I was telling Brian this, when I cheered at UT, we were all the same age. We were all in the same classes. And so when I would cheer at football games in college, I was cheering for my friends. They were like actual good friends of ours. We're cheering, we know them. Um, you know, we see them every day on campus, like we're eating lunches together, we're our friends. And so when with the organization for the Cowboys, um, there's a pretty strict, you know, you don't know um, fraternizing with the players or, or really, you know, anyone else in the organization. And so for me, it was like instantly like, all right, that's the rule, not a problem. Like I, they just, I told Brian, they just kind of became for me like a number and a jersey. Like I know what that number, that name and that jersey, I know what position they play and I'm cheering on the team as a whole, but like I never, I never took the time to like, I'm not getting to know you. I don't need to know anything about you. If I see you out, I don't even want to recognize you kind of vibe. So it was something that like, I'm a big rule follower. So if that's the rule, like fine by me, I'll cheer you guys on. I want the best for the team, but like with players, no, I met and met, I would say all of the girls during my years, you know, we were not, you're not really hanging or chatting with the players. Yep. Have You're I very... ever been to Italy? Oh, that show? No, I have not. I could. That would be amazing. <laughs> so I suppose, look, Lauren, I think we, we, we said we'd, we'd go for an hour if we could. Um, and obviously, look, we know you, you have your own job to be getting on with today. You know, if there's anything else you want to say before we let, we let you go. I would just say thank you. Thank you all for having me. Um, I hope that... Everyone has a wonderful Merry Christmas. You know, always Team Super Bowl. Let's make it to the Super Bowl every year we can, right? Um, but um, again, just thank y'all for having me. Um, grateful to be here. Grateful to talk about my experiences and hopefully, um, you know, open some eyes to what all the true organization is about and all of the um, 
real great things that kind of go under the radar that cheerleaders do that a lot of people aren't able to um, see. And it, it's fine that they don't see, but just knowing that the organization is so much bigger, but at the end of the day, we're all here for the Dallas Cowboys Football Club, and we all just want the success for the team. And go Cowboys. <laughs> Absolutely. I think Lebarski has kind of captured for, for the three of us exactly what we said. Thank you for so much for coming on and for what you've done for the Cowboys and us as fans. And look, before we get out of here, look, where can everyone find you on Instagram and Twitter and all of those kinds of things? Just that we can we can bump up your numbers. <laughs> sure. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Um, I think I put it incorrectly. I, I think it was you, Brian, who's like, I don't remember what it is. Um, but my I'm on Twitter, but I don't tweet. It's more just, you know, following the news. But I am on Instagram, yeah. Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, L Oliver. Um, so I hope that's right. I think that's right. It <laughs> is. It, it, it is. I've just, I've just followed you tonight. It's, so. it, it, well, <laughs> uh, y'all are welcome to follow me there. I don't post a whole lot. I do more for our business. Boku, Texas is our business. So I do lots of active things there. Um, we don't ship yet internationally, but maybe after this I ship. So if you have any, we do lots of women's clothing, women's gift items. So, you know, buy for your wife, send your wife, send your girlfriend. Um, maybe, <laughs> depending on, I have my coworkers standing in front of me. We may need to look into our international shipping. Well, well, well myself, myself and Lauren are both accountants, so we're good people to know. Perfect. <laughs> right, yep. guys. Thank you all so much for having me on. Thanks, Lauren. Well, thank and take care. Bye. There we go, gentlemen. That was Lauren Oliver from the DCC. Mm. Yeah, it's, fine. it's finally happened. It's just like now it's like, oh, we have to talk about the game. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> even, if, even, if, even if 50, but even if 50 Berg is not going to top speaking to a cowboy cheerleader, is it? It's not, it's not going to top that. No. And I think, Jamie, I think you should definitely be taking it back. You, you, you really have worked hard to get that one in for us. So, nah, um, mate. When we, when we said before, it's, we all do everything for. To get what we can on the podcast, so there's no thanks to you, like I say, you know I mean? we've got yeah. so many, had so many good people on this. Yeah, we are just what we're doing here. Yeah, and that's and that's, that's it. Paul here. Oh, Margarita Paul's here. Can you hear us? All right, can you hear us? Yeah, you're very yeah. echoey there, so just maybe turn down the volume at the top. Down a little bit, right? Okay, yeah, all right, the microphone down a little bit. It's reverberating, yeah. so it might be just the sound. Ah, so okay, hold on, I'll bring us closer then. There we go. Yeah, there we go. There we go. And and to, and to be fair, I think we, we think we need to actually say, don't we? That I think a lot of people have gone off and said, "Thanks." We, yeah, we've now got the, the pre-game show part. Aren't we? <laughs> like we're not we're not bugging off yet, people. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to cover up this microphone so there's no feedback coming back. <laughs> yeah, because normally I have the headphones on. That's yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um. But look, obviously, it's time to talk about the game itself. Look, as we say, Team 50 Burger in the house this weekend. Um, Paul was actually in uh, AT&T Stadium on Sunday for the game. I believe he was with you as well, Chris, was he? Sorry, two things. We're we're trying to figure out how not to get the feedback right now. So, um, yeah, but the game was brilliant, man. Um, Tailgate was great. First, second, third quarter was, uh, 
and all hell broke listen that fourth quarter, right? All hell. <laughs> so oh hell. It was it was a it was amazing, guys. Man, you know, the stadium was electric, you know, and especially yeah. in the in the fourth quarter, because it was a close game, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know, I predicted that, you know, just because the coach had been losing, you know, they were gonna come. It was on a national TV game, it was a primetime game, and they were gonna show up, but the defense was just showed out in the fourth quarter, man, with the turnovers and the and the returns, and then next thing you know, uh, a franchise record at 33 points and a half. <laughs> you know? A quarter. Yeah. A quarter. Sorry. I, I, said, quarter. I, 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 I gave him too much credit, didn't I? <laughs> so, 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 Chris, look, for us that aren't familiar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into supporting the Cowboys, and, you know, how life has been with the Cowboys. Okay. Well, I am 53 years old, so that's telling my age that I'm born in 1969. Okay. So if anybody asks me, have I seen all five? Yes. <laughs> so that's, that's the answer. Uh, my dad was a huge Roger Staubach fan. Okay. So, so growing up in the household back then, you had one TV, not like the three TVs I have on the wall right now. Uh, <laughs> I got, I, we had one TV in the house and on Sunday, dad was watching the Cowboys. Okay. Yeah. So as long as I was, I was old enough to know, the Cowboys were always on, on on TV. So, you know, what dad watched, I watched. And then as yeah. a kid, I just fell in love. And um, Roger Staubach was his favorite player. So uh, my parents, they were, they were so into the Cowboys. If the Cowboys lost on Sunday, they literally didn't go to work. They were, they were distraught. They were like, I can't take it. <laughs> so yeah. that's how big the fandom and, and back in the seventies, a lot of guys don't. A lot of people don't know this. Where it was blackout rules. So mm-hmm. if if the Cowboys didn't sell yeah. out, they wouldn't show the game in Dallas. Our yeah. family was such a big Cowboy fans. We would load up in my uncle's van and drive 90, 90 miles away to Waco, Texas, just to watch the Cowboys. So you know, we we all been Cowboy fans, you know, all our lives. So you know. That, that's how I became a Cowboy fan. So dad was one, I was two. <laughs> yeah. And Chris, tell us, who, who, who's your favorite all-time Cowboy? You know, you, you've seen the I'm whole Cowboy gamble. just because I am a old head is Harvey Martin, co-MVP of the Super Bowl with Randy White. Yes. Yep. He's my, he's my it's a travesty. Guy. He's not in the ring of honor. I know. Or the Hall of Fame. Because at one time he was yep. the all-time sack leader in the NFL. Yeah, Jamie, you were going to say something. Technically, he should still be, still be, but they never actually counted sacks back then. He had twenty threes, which is half, half more than Strahan at the moment. So, exactly, exactly. So, but yeah, that yeah, he's, I'll, he's my all-time favorite. Yes, Harvey Martin. Brilliant. I, I was just going to have a little bit of a laugh at Paul's expense. I, I just want to know, right, Chris. Paul is a renowned jinx, and he's, he's said that before. He's, when he's been, hang on, let me just get this out. Let me just get this out, Paul. When he doesn't, when he doesn't go to Dallas with the UK Cowboys flag, now did he let you know that that's a kind of a running thing with him? When he comes, he doesn't bring the flag. The Cowboys generally, uh, if being 
kind of talking your horn to him and let him know. He's not got the flag this time around. Right, so basically, like, I, I don't know if you can understand, Jamie. Normally, I would bring the UK Cowboys fans flag as I showed you in the documentary. Right, 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 right. Normally, that always brought us a lot of bit of good luck. This year, I didn't bring it. And this year we got the dubs, so. <laughs> so so he was saying that you were gonna be a jinx if you brought the flag. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well, well the good thing he didn't he didn't bring it because we set we set records in the in, yeah. in the fourth quarter. So I guess he's gonna leave it at home from now on, okay? So, sorry, Paul. You know I love you, man. I just like to get that in there. Love, love you too, dude. <laughs> but, no, no, man, Paul Paul. I've been I've been tweeting back and forth with Paul over a year now, right? Because I told him that I ran across y'all's show. I was on Facebook and I saw UK Cowboy fans, right? I was like, there is no way there's anybody in the UK to know anything about American football. And I stopped and I and, and this is honest God truth. I stopped and I was like this. I was like, they know what they're talking about. Okay, and then when the draft came, you guys knew more about the draft than I do, and I thought I was a draft person, right? And fairness, and fairness, that's more than Brian and Lauren and, and Graham they, and Mike. They, they are draft heavy. It was, that's not the dang point. They knew more. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to me, it, it, it gave credibility for me, okay? Because a lot of people can say they like American football. Yeah. They know American football. But when you guys were speaking it, okay, and you guys were talking about it, and and that's what I was like. That's when I gained the, the most respect. It's it's kind of like uh, uh, people from from uh, Europe, and we're, we're talking soccer or over. I'm sorry, football. Uh, and, and we're talking talking that, and a lot of people don't respect Americans talk about it because we could literally. I mean, honestly, we can care less. You know, only only kids here to play soccer is because their parents wouldn't let them play real football. Okay, that's the only reason they play soccer. I, I, it's the honest to God truth. Okay, but here, I mean, it's kids. Matter of fact, I coach little league football, and my kids play from four years old to thirteen, so they got in regular school to play, and it, that's how it is in America. And it was a guy on social media said, if the United States actually put all their athletes into soccer football we dominate you know and i was like no mm -hmm. i want to keep them in our football yeah so look let's what we're we're nearly an hour into the show and i suppose look let's talk a little bit about the game and try not not have mike kill us so look you know, Lauren, if you want to pull up some of the stats there from the offensive side of the ball, look, I mean, Jamie, you made this point yesterday morning. You know, Dak Prescott threw for 170 yards yesterday or on, on Sunday night. And we put up 54 points. You know, like that's that that's phenomenal. Do you know what that that was the first I, I didn't get to get to get to watch the game because because of what time I was starting with, but that's were the stats that I always kind of look at first to see how Dak done, and it's it's nice to see that we didn't have to heavily rely on him, and and that's not a knock on Dak. I just mean it's it's showing this team on offense is, is becoming very well rounded, and you can trust both. So you need Dak in. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the 
when you when you want to kind of take the pressure off him a little bit. That running game is just immense, and, that, and like I said, you, you see that the guy fifty five points on you automatically think Jack's dropped for five hundred yards, and it he, he didn't need to. He, he did what he needed to do. He, he managed the game. He, mm. he stepped up, and that, that's what you want from the ball. Yeah. And Lauren, I suppose. Look, I'll throw it over to you. I mean, two hundred twenty yards rushing from the from the guys in the game. I mean, we we have kind of been a little bit critical about the offensive line, about the penalties. But I mean, in the last few weeks, our offensive running of the ball has improved so dramatically. And you know, is that a function of just how cohesive the unit has become now that everyone is settled into it? I think it, I think it is in some respects. Although uh, I mean, we have been tinkering the last couple of weeks because obviously mm-hmm. we're we're planning for the return of Tyron Smith. So you, you've seen Connor McGovern still playing guard. You've seen Jason Peters come on at left tackle. You've seen Tyler Smith move into guard. You know they're they're trying to figure it out so that we can get our best five on the pitch. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it was great just seeing guys like Tyler Smith, Tyler Biadish, 20 yards downfield and bullying bullying the second-level players. Yeah. Um, you know, on, on those big runs by Pollard and Zeke, you know, and that, that run from Malik Davis as well for his first NFL touchdown as well. Yes. I mean, that just that, – that, that must have been immense watching that in the stadium, you know. Yeah. You know, just just to add on to that a, a bit of long one of the players that impressed me, um, and you wouldn't expect him usually to do it, and um, just with the way the Cowboys use him, was the one where C D Lamb put the first down inside the tent mm. he just dropped the shoulder and the safety he was just like, Get out of my way and it was just like C <laughs> D is finally showing that it is a number for me. Yeah. And listen, I'll, Paul and Chris, I'll throw this one back over to you, you know, as, as Lauren kind of alluded to in the stadium. You know, like in the third quarter, obviously you could hear the chance for Zeke on the goal line situation. You're on mute, by the way, just in case. <laughs> um, but like that, you know, I mean, sure, the energy in the stadium must have been immense with the way the game was going and the way it just transformed in that in that fourth quarter. Well, yeah. I mean, initially it, it was it was kind of like it, 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 we had that that, that C, well, with that CD Lamb touchdown in the first quarter, the way where he kind of revolved, mm-hmm. everyone really amplified during that. Mm-hmm. But then it really kind of started kind of getting a little bit stalemate. But once that fourth quarter kicked off, it was like chant after chant after chant, and it was just absolutely insane. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Well, my take on it, you know, go back to your your question about the Zeke chant. To me, it's proving that Cowboy fans still love Zeke, still respect Zeke, okay? Yeah. And, and and on our show, on the Dallas Cowboy Hub on YouTube on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., that's a cheap plug. Anyway, uh, I call I call Zeke our family wagon. When you need him to get the kids to school, to do mm-hmm. the grocery shopping, to do it, that's Ezekiel Elliott. But hey, on the weekends, we need the sports car to go a little fast down the Autobahn. That's Tony Pollard, okay? Yeah. So basically, uh, the families in the stadium on on Sunday was happy to see the wagon get in the end zone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that that Chris, that that that's a brilliant summation. And I suppose the like the thing was when I was putting the stats together for the show yesterday, 
it was the fact that like I saw Tony Pollard had like Tony had 17 touches on running. Zeke had 15. Malik Davis came in and had was it five or six runs. Everyone is kind of staying fresh. They're you know they're not kind of risking injuries or anything with them. Yeah, I I agree. You know, and I just hated back when when Cowboy fans wanted to have this argument about Tony or Zeke. I'm like, why can't we enjoy both? Yeah. Why not? Because when you go to cookouts and barbecue, do you just only get the ribs? Do you only get the sauces? Or do you only get the chicken? Don't you get everything? Where's the brisket? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that's basically how I feel about this whole situation. Two different running backs, they offer two different things. Why not use that? And I really appreciate it. And I also bring this analogy, too, also. I said, remember we had Marion Barber and we had Julius Jones. Everybody wanted the Barbarian to touch the ball every play, okay? And as soon as he started in that playoff game, he had 100 yards rushing at halftime. Did we not lose that game? And then wasn't the next year did Marion do half of anything because he wasn't in his role. In football, we got to have our role, okay? And right now, Tony has a role. Zeke has a role, and let's roll with it all the way to the unmentionable word to start with the S that's in February. <laughs> yeah. And, and, like, I think this is the other great thing is neither of the guys care about how many touches they're getting. It's a team thing, and it's it's one thing that's kind of stood out all year is the team. It's the team above everything. And, and and I agree. What did you think, Paul? You think that do you, you? It's just the team game. We talked about it earlier. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. We we talked about it quite a bit in depth. Yeah, like just it, there's just a lot more distribution being handed out to every player right now. Even with the tight ends right now. Even with the wide receivers mm-hmm. right now. Now with the running backs, it's like it's mm-hmm. like trying to really like get everyone that's in this roster right now. We're trying to utilize them as best as we can. Although, although we're not using Devante Turpin in offense, but, but that's, that's that's different. That's but, the that's the only frustrating part about that to me. I was like, you signed this dynamic guy who can make wonderful plays, okay? Yeah. And the only time you only utilizing him on special teams. Every once in a while, they'll throw him in on offense as a decoy. But I yeah. say, if you got Turpin on the field, Tony Pollard on the field at the same time with Zeke on the field, wouldn't that open it up for everybody? Okay, it'll also open it up for CD and and Michael Gallup. Okay, and yeah. I'm one of those guys. Hey, I don't want LBJ. That's just me, my opinion. Anyway, but yeah. I think it'll open it up for the other guys because the the speed that he has is 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 a, is a different. It's a game changer because you got to account for the guy, and if you don't, he's going right past you. Touchdown. He's to me. He's he's Rocket Ishmael all again. I'm keep I keep proving my my age. Rocket Ishmael. He was, at the, he was actually at the game Sunday, remember? He was yeah. <laughs> Rocket Ishmael. And Chris, you've kind of you've kind of brought it around to the point there in terms of OBJ. And Paul, I'm just gonna flip back a couple of weeks ago when myself and yourself did the, the world's team podcast. I kind of mentioned it to you about you know, maybe this is Michael Gallup's game that he he, he comes back and he did it on Sunday. Yeah, I kind of predicted that two touchdowns. I don't know what what, what did Gallup get yards wise? Was it over hundred? 
Was it less? He was less than no. But he had two touchdowns. California had about 23, 2 TDs up seven, um, yeah. four, four receptions up seven times. Man, not a bad return, man. Not a bad return. I tell you yeah. what, though, the Gallops, like, since coming back from injury, seems to be getting a spring back. So, I mean, we're getting them at the right point of the mm-hmm. season. Like, yeah. we're yeah. actually getting players back into the fold right now. Yes. And, and yeah. whereas you're seeing teams right now, they're losing quarterbacks, they're losing wide mm-hmm. receivers, losing running backs. Us right now, we're actually getting stronger as this season goes along right now. So we're in a really good position. Yeah. And just just to bring you, bring you a bit of breaking news, folks, just while, whilst we've been on the podcast, uh, Baker Mayfield has been claimed by the LA Rams. So he's not going to San Francisco, as many people were predicting or hoping. But... If we if we do kind of bring it back to the Cowboys and we, we we'll flip over to the defensive side of the ball at this stage because you know I think I th- I think the the kind of comments that were coming in on Sunday night were that the the team were feasting and dining it wasn't just a snack they were having on the uh, on the offensive line of the the Colts they were full on having a feast day it it was it was truly an American buffet. <laughs> it was all you can eat. Yeah. <laughs> so so it it was basically like who wants to eat? You know, because you can tell the coach was focused on Michael Parsons and stopping him from getting to uh Matty Ice. Okay. Oh yeah. And whenever that happens, do you notice everybody eats well? You know, we still get those sacks. We still lead the NFL in sacks. Oh, Malik Hooker, his former team. You know, mm-hmm. what yep. was it an yep. interception and a fumble return? Okay. Yes. And then don't forget yep. about Wilson. Wilson had an amazing game. Okay. Yep. So, you know, our, our only thing that's really hurting us, you know, that right side on the corner. Now, Brown's out for the season. Yeah. Uh, uh, Kelvin, jo- was it Joseph, Mr. Bossman, who I can't stand at all. I don't even know why he's on the team. But anyway. So I I know I'm very honest, but I ain't Paul. I'm honest, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's why we had to get this on my. I I I'm very honest, brother. You know, if some cowboy fans can't take honesty, you know, hey, that's just me. I can't help it, man. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna show my colors every every time. But but I I just think right now that our only weak link on our defense is that corner right now because mm, we've lost yeah. we've lost two. We lost uh uh Jordan Lewis, go blue. And and we lost uh, uh, Brown, so it's gonna be tough. So that's why I was like, I don't, I don't need uh, 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 OBJ now. Go get me a corner. I need a corner really bad right now. Yeah. Okay. Because to me, that's our only weak link right now, other than my other weak link. But I'm not gonna uh, mention his name, LVE. But anyway, I'm gonna keep moving. And <laughs> it's just other things that's more important to me than wide receiver. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think, look, I think that has been the biggest issue for us in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, Jordan went down, season-ending injury. Now, Anthony has gone down, season-ending injury. You know, like, is there a cornerback out there who is available that we could look to sign as an emergency cover? I've, I've heard people mention AJ Bowie. But I, I'm, I'm the same as you, Chris. I don't know. It's, I don't know much about him, but I, I'm like, this is what I'm looking for, really. I'm looking for a veteran 
I don't care if he's never started, if he's been the the, the nickel corner for somebody, or mm-hmm. if he's if he's been on NFL teams and he's on somebody's practice squad right now. That's what I'm looking for. Hey, let's at least work him out. Let's see what what we can do. Uh, well, we, we do. We do have a Dan Quinn guy that's on the practice squad at the moment, which is Sheffield. So likelihood is he'll get promoted this week. Yeah. Um, and you know he's he's obviously schooled in Dan Quinn style, so hopefully he should be able to come in because at the moment I'm not liking what I'm seeing from Kelvin Joseph, and we're not seeing the Sean Wright on the field at all at the moment. So you know yeah. he he was a healthy scratch for this game. So. Um, it's great that Deron Bland's stepping up as the nickel corner, but you know I don't think you could ask him to go outside and play with the big boys. Um, yeah. you, you know, I'm glad you brought up Nation Wright. I mean, because in the preseason, this kid plays every snap. He's a big mm-hmm. corner, 6'4 corner. And I was thinking, okay, the Cowboys, we got something here. Okay, kid was the Oregon State, I believe. And I thought that they, he was going to get a lot more playing time. Uh, him and uh, what's my other my linebacker from uh, uh, LSU? Jabbar Cox. Uh, Cox. We thought, we thought both of these kids were going to get on the field. They mm. may not have a choice right now, <laughs> and and put these kids on the field. Uh, you know, especially to get them some work before the playoffs start. Yeah. You know, we we really need to uh to get them on the field because we're really hurting at, at, at that corner position and, and and sometimes that outside linebacker even though bar played bar played sunday so yeah. he actually had a sack and everything but that that's that's my only thing right now is is that corner position it's just it's really bothering me yeah i mean i think i think it's going to be a huge concern for us going forward and Look, hopefully, uh, the, the other name I throw into the mix, and I know Mike is behind this name, is Israel Mukwamu, possibly going outside again. Big body, six foot four guy. What do you think about yeah, that? yeah, I like Mukwamu. Yeah, 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 I like him. I like him very. And hey, if we can we can get him on the roster, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's. Hey, you know how how they say uh, uh, at the draft, run the card up to the commissioner. Yes. <laughs> I need you to get up there fast. <laughs> Call his agent. Hey, brother, get here. <laughs> That's it. But I suppose, look, for, for, for me on Sunday, you know, the, the game kind of turned on the, the secondary plays from, as I say, from Malik Hooker, from Deron Bland doing things. But, I mean, I don't think any of that would have happened without the impact of the defensive line. And as you guys have alluded to, having to account for Micah Parsons coming down. Paul, you always say it, it's a chain. You know, that everything starts from the defensive line, feeds through the linebackers. And without those guys, your secondary guys don't do what they do. Exactly. And I don't know if you might have saw this, but did you see the clip of Demarcus Lawrence pancaking the, the left tackle? Yes. Like, yes. That, that, is, that, that there is a one of, one of the reasons why like, like even D Law, your defensive line is still so important. Even though even though Matt Matt still gets the ball away, yeah, it just yeah. shows like that little bit of pressure just creates the opportunity for in the backfield even more so. Also, also a Diggy Zua had a wonderful game. He did. Yeah. Uh, Diggy Zua had yeah. a beautiful game. I, I love the way the kid plays. You know, sometimes you, you you'll see spurts. I think if he gets just a little bit stronger, 
that you'll see him dominate games even more. Yeah, like I've 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 really been impressed with the with the with the growth in him this year. I mean, he had a great rookie season, kind of hit the wall around game 10, 11. And he seems to, he seems to have paced himself better this year and, and is lasting now into games 11, 12, 13 and on. And hopefully we'll see that through the playoffs, you know, but I suppose, look, Chris, if we could give you one off, one off season wish, what would it be? You know, where would you like to see this team improve? That's a good question. Off-season wish. Well, first, can, can I hit two wishes? You can have two. <laughs> Keep Tony Pollard. Right. Don't, don't let him out the building. I, I don't. You. You. I know the running back price is not much, so the Cowboys can't come uh, uh, afford him. So I think next year they're going to franchise Tony. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's one way to keep him. Okay, yeah. and then you can work right that. So my other wish, my other wish, I'm an office lineman. Okay, anytime we can get something nasty up front that can maul people, yeah, you know, because you can you can see with I was I was so impressed with Tyler this year, you know, coming in as a rookie, even putting him back at tackle and guard. Uh, you saw his footwork, man, on those long runs by Tony, how he got out there and pulled, and yep. he's he's athletic big man. So if I can get me one more athletic big man, because we don't know how many years uh, 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 Tyron yeah. has. Yeah, we were just talking mm. about Okay, we, we, were... we still don't know how many years. Yes, I, yes, I am, Joe. Yes, Joe, he's in Texas. He's in Arlington, Texas right now. We're literally five minutes from the stadium, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so my my wish is either a, another mauler on the offensive line yeah or a middle linebacker <laughs> you know, when, when chris said when chris said he can i have two wishes and he built up that second one i thought he was going to say super bowl win man. come on well we did say off well jamie this this is this is the only reason i don't i i'm such i'm so superstitious about the cowboys because people always say Y'all say you're gonna win it every year. But okay. In fairness, that's the media that says that. So the media says that. I'm I'm one of those. I won't say the S word until the the C word is there. I, I don't mean that other word y'all use in Europe. Uh, uh the Cowboys. <laughs> I meant. <laughs> so he's turning red. Anyway, I got him. <laughs> so so if the Cowboys is playing in February. We're there, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so it's that's three wishes for the Cowboys to play in February. Yeah, absolutely. I have to, I have to say on, on on Steve's comment there, he obviously hasn't been looking at Paul's Instagram stories because on Saturday you were looking very rough during the USA soccer game, Paul. Dude, since I got here, all I've been doing is drinking. This is like this is probably the most soberest I've ever been right now since I got here. So, um, so yeah, I, I much appreciate the the concern, and thank you, Steve. <laughs> yeah, he was he was quite rough Saturday when we finally hooked up and, and, and oh. met. And you know, he his eyes is already tight, right? So his eyes was like, "Hey, Chris, nice to see you, brother." You know, hey. I can't do a Scottish accent, so I'm not even gonna try. And I was just like, "You okay, bro?" 
I am smashed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. So, is there anything any of you gentlemen want to talk about before the end of the show? Um, well, Steve just brought up my camera, so, but I need to, in fact, let me give a big shout out to Bobby Belt, by the way, of 105.3, the fan, because he, he gave me his, like, so I can still, I, I can still do the documentary, thank God, so, um, so a big shout out to Bobby, so, yeah, I owe him big time, so, <laughs> So, but God, God knows where my actual GoPro is. I think it's long gone. Someone's going to end up recording some really I stuff. hope it's just cowboy content on it. There, <laughs> not, trust me, there is. It's just, just... Because <laughs> you're going to go viral, brother. Oh. <laughs> if it's not. <laughs> Very uh, good. Very but, good. But, but other than that, man, I'm just, I'm... I could have asked for a better week to be here. Mm. If, if anything, like the way we're situated as a team right now, all the players are starting to come back, getting stronger. Like we mentioned, we mentioned Tyron Smith. Like, how does he fit into the fold? It's like we're actually having debates of where do we put our players in right now? <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. like, so in a way, it's a really healthy discussion. But at the same time, it's like, Man, it's like this guy could be the limit, but at the same time, we just need to keep ourselves at that level playing ground, make sure that we're just being consistent and not being too cute out there. And and another thing, I, I, I think this should also put a lot of the Dak haters to rest about his is the scoring offense. Since Dak has been back, we've been scoring over 30 points a game, right? Yeah. So we're the highest scoring team in the NFL since Dak has been back, right? So mm-hmm. now it's a problem now. Each week, we don't know who's going to be the key. When we had the tight end game, the whack-a-mole game, those tight ends were amazing, okay? So last week, it was both of the receivers. It was CD and it was Mike. Amazing, okay? So then the week before, it was Tony Pollard up in in Minnesota. Tony was killing them, and Zeke was getting in the end zone. So this is a good problem, Cowboy fans. It's good. It's a good – I don't care who does it as long as it's 30 points on, on the board and we got the W next to our name. That's all I care about. <laughs> you know? Oh, but Brian, you'll be very pleased to know I actually told Sam Williams personally that um, I, I ate humble pie. This is completely off the Cowboys because I know you're into the baseball. It's just brought Aaron Judge's signing for the San Francisco Giants. Aaron Judge just signed up for the San Francisco Giants. I don't know if you're into baseball at all. I know. No, well, he's from California, so we all knew he was going back to to California. the The Yankees had a chance. Yeah, the Yankees had a chance all year to sign the kid, and they didn't do it. And I knew he was going to go back to the Giants. He's a California kid, Bay Area kid, so good for the Giants. I don't have to see him anymore because he's in the National League. We're American League here at the Rangers. So it's just to give, <laughs> just to give me a bit of context as well. Jamie's a massive Yankees fan. So. Well, I, 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 I apologize, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty big Cowboys fan. I'm a Mavericks fan, so it's all right. I can get, up, get, well, get back on know, Everybody can't be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <exactly. laughs> 
And look, I think on that bombshell, unless there's anything else you gentlemen want to get out, I think we'll we'll wrap up and keep keep Mike happy and finish in under an hour and a half. All right, guys, I just got one thing. We have also a cowboy show on YouTube. It's on Wednesday nights at seven o'clock central time here in Texas. It's called The Cowboys Huddle. Guys, please subscribe, watch us. We we do the same thing, you guys. I'm the more the entertainment part of it show. Uh, but we do this, we get down and dirty and we do talk real football too. But we love for you guys to join us. Hopefully, I can pull Paul's leg and he'll join us tomorrow too. Absolutely. And where where can we get you on Instagram and Twitter and all of those things, Chris? On Twitter, oh Jesus, I know my Twitter handle. I don't use Twitter as much. I do know it. Hold on, just one second. <laughs> hey, they 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 tease me all the time. Paul, you know my Twitter because you. Please. Yes, yes, Chris, uh, Chris, uh, Chris T. Lee. Yeah, it's Chris T. Lee, uh, eighty-seven, I believe, on Twitter. Uh, on on TikTok, which I'm I'm big on TikTok, it is Dallas Cowboy Chris on TikTok. Dallas Cowboy Chris. Uh, on Instagram is Chris nineteen sixty nine Lee. Okay, and on Facebook is just Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee on Facebook. I'm in Texas. It'll say uh, Arlington, Texas. So we have all the details, and we'll we'll pop push those up and push those out for you all tonight. So look, I'm going to wrap up and I'm going to pass around the horn for everyone to say good night. It's a good night for me here in Ireland. Uh, it's a good, it's a good night here. Good night here in Lothgo as well. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for um, joining in. Tonight's been a long one, but it's been a good one. And um, stay safe. Make sure you check out Paul and uh, his socials throughout this weekend. Mike is joining him out there. Mike Ball, should I say, not Mike Pace, but Mike Ball and Daz are joining Paul out there at the end of this week. So it's going to be crazy. It's going to be like the three stooges in there. <laughs> you know it, JB. You know it. But yeah, it's and it's a good night from me and Chris back here in Texas. So it sounds weird me saying that. But anyway, go Cowboys. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys for life. Peace. Oh, and the worst thing, the guy that broke the 